Since it's the beginning of 2024, we're all in the mode of writing down resolutions and goals. But how do we actually keep these goals in mind throughout the year? Today, we have the Southwest Division President of one of the largest home building companies in the country and goal setting guru, Chris Kelly, on the podcast. Tune in as we unpack the importance of goal setting and creating a company culture that employees are proud to be part of. Let's dive in. Chris Kelly, thank you so much for joining us on the No Gurriers podcast. You are kind of known as the guru of of goal setting and efficiency. Um, tell us first of all, and we're going to jump into all kinds of conversations that, today. But tell yeah. us first of all, why are you so passionate about goals and goal setting? You know, there's there's a number of reasons, but I think I think having experienced a uh, a company culture and then uh, seeing the application of goals and then seeing them fulfilled, yeah. It's hard not to be a believer. Yeah, uh, it's hard not to be in the power of of writing things down, and uh, setting your mind to something, and and working towards achieving that goal that you've set. Well, we got to come back to a few things you mentioned because you talked about writing them down, and and you know they talk about uh, how important that is. But you actually work for one of the largest home builders in the country, and this is just part of your your company culture, right? This it is. Goal setting? It is. It's something that I was introduced to. I've been with the company now for over 13 years and uh, was introduced to it very early in my tenure with the company and couldn't believe that I existed uh, prior to that without without setting goals and, and having written goals. Well, because before we turned on the, the mics and the camera, you and I were just sitting here talking and you you know, there's a whole, uh, the, the most interesting man in the world, <laughs> but you're known as the most efficient man in the world. So this is something you've always been efficient and you, 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 you've been someone who would have liked to write down goals, but you didn't have this tool. You're saying once you found out about this tool that you use now, yes, that was you were like, "What did I do without this?" I think I think that's a great way of looking at. It. I take a tremendous amount of satisfaction at being efficient. Yeah, uh, and this 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 is now a tool that I have to increase increase my efficiency. Well, you're a perfect guest for early 2024 because a bunch of people a couple of weeks ago, and this will probably drop, you know, the end of January, maybe early February, but we're a month or so into 2024. And a bunch of people sat down and they wrote down goals for 2024. And most of them within a day, two days, maybe two weeks, yeah. they're, they're gone. They've maybe even forgotten about them. So I want to come back to some tangible ways that you leverage, your company leverages goal setting. Absolutely. But wh why do you think that that was such a big part for your company? As, and we're gonna, we want to talk about the importance of it tied into culture too. But I would think that most of our audience goes to a workplace where they will never sit down with their manager or boss and do any kind of goal setting, but that's just part of your company culture. Is that correct? That is absolutely that is absolutely true. You know, I think what's so important about goal setting is it it allows the we'll call it the manager and the employee to get on the same page to some degree. Hmm. And we at our company, we not only sit down and talk about goals, professional goals, and goals for the business that we're responsible to. But we also talk about the personal goals that that the employees have. Yeah, and I think it's so critical for two reasons. One, um, it helps potentially motivate motivate our coworker, our employee, knowing what they're wanting to achieve. Yeah. And the secondary the secondary benefit of it would be it reduces the need or it prevents the need to micromanage somebody. 
that's you know, huge, if, if you right? think about it, if you and I sat down and agreed of, of what some goals are that we have that we want to accomplish this month, let's mm -hmm. just keep it on the professional level. If you and I have come to that expectation of what we're wanting to achieve this month, and I run off and I start working on those things, you don't need to call me every few hours and ask how things are going on that, as long as we have a good mutual expectation that if I run into a barrier or roadblock and I need your help, I'll come to you and, and tell you where I'm, you know, where I've hit a wall or where I, I'm not quite sure where to take this project. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, you can you can focus on your job as a manager. I can focus on what I committed to doing as part of a goal that I'd set for the month. Well, that's huge because we we know from statistics that one of people's biggest complaints is being micromanaged sometimes yes. by managers or bosses. But you're saying this is actually a tool to to help ensure that doesn't happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think, again, now, a, a lot of our audience, they don't work in a place like that, um, so they don't have that that opportunity, but they could go do this on their own, right? So yes. so walk us through a little bit how your company does that and then how our audience would do that on our own. Like, So so if you were my manager, I'm going to sit down with you once a month, is yes. that correct? Yes. And what would this look like? First of all, uh, both of us would have done preparation leading into the sit down that we have. We don't just roll in on a on a Tuesday and say, hey, let's get together and do goals. Uh, there'll be some planning that goes into it. And I think more of the, you, know, you talked about setting resolutions for the year. Yeah. And I'd, I'd start with just the power of, of just writing down that resolution. You know, so many people will, you know, they'll have a toast and they'll, they'll maybe go around the room and share a resolution that they've got for, for, the, for the new year. Mm -hmm. But taking some time to write down that resolution that's powerful itself. Just yeah. something to reference back to and articulating your thoughts on paper. And studies prove how true that is. Correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very, yeah. very powerful. So the goal session starts with, with some planning. Yeah. And I'll, I'll use myself as the employee and, and I'll use my own personal goal sessions attending with my, my direct manager. Um, at the beginning of each, each year, uh, leading up to the, to the new year, I will sit down and I'll make a list of goals of things that I'm looking to accomplish uh, personally and professionally in, in, in the coming month, in the coming year. Uh, we'll take a longer term look at what a three-year goal might be. And then one of my favorite uh, lists, if you will, are, are, are someday goals or my someday goals. And the someday goals, I think for lack of better description, might be the bucket list yeah, the bucket yeah. list items. And what's been so neat about this process is getting my entire family involved with, with goal setting. So I will not so go- So speaking into your someday goals. Yes, yeah. influencing wow. the someday goals. My wife and I actually sit down on, in, in December and we, we outline what we want to accomplish as a, as a couple and as a family, uh, specifically in the, the upcoming year. And then we'll revisit our three-year and our, our someday goals as well to see if there's a, a different direction we want to go. Wow. Now, I got to back up here, though, because you, yes. you said something. If our audience was listening closely, mm -hmm. they caught something that, that, that should shock them. Some of them might have to pull over right now if they're listening <laughs> okay. to the car and catch their breath. Because okay. you said you guys do business and personal goals. That's correct. As a company, you're sitting down with, with employees. You're sitting down with with your boss, and you're actually walking through both your business and personal goals? That's correct, yes, every month. 
Wow. Every month. Why would you do that? Because some some could argue they're like, well, we're we're a business where it doesn't matter what someone's personal goal. They got their personal life and their business life and they're separate. Why would you guys do that? I think it's a um we'll start with just the culture of the company and one of our culture bullet points is being people focused. Mm-hmm. And you think about our role as as managers and people and that we're responsible to the people that 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 report to us. And if we don't know what what's important to those individuals, we're really um, we're not going to be very effective at, at managing them long term. Uh, we're not going to be effective at motivating them long term. And I think it's important that we get to know the people that are that are bring coming in every day, putting in a great effort, and kind of knowing what makes them tick and what's what's important to them. Yeah. And there's varying levels of. Uh, I think there there are some employees and individuals that are that are that would prefer not to talk about their personal life very much at work and that's okay like yeah. we're not going to no no you need yeah. to tell me i need to know all your children's names and yeah. what sports they play and all that uh but there's other employees that really uh maybe they maybe they uh it's refreshing might yeah. be the best way to describe it. it's refreshing to be able to talk to your your direct supervisor about uh, your personal life yeah. and things going on in your personal life. I mean, it's. I suspect there's far more that are that lean that way, right? That I think there's far more of the latter yeah, now, especially yeah. if you've been around. And it's a, it's a, you build trust over time. You know, I think probably the first goal sessions that I did 13 years ago, uh, I probably wasn't as transparent because I did, I didn't know if this was going to be used against me. Uh, oh, potentially, yeah. maybe it, maybe this is a maybe this is a weapon. Yeah. That when uh you know when I do something wrong, the my boss is going to say, well, what will what will your wife Chrissy think about that, and and use it against me? And so it's been an evolution, but now um, it, it's frankly one of my favorite days of the month would be either to do uh, my own goals with my supervisor or sit down with one of my direct reports and talk about their goals. And it's it's refreshing to have a supervisor that doesn't ask me how my kids are doing. He asks me how Cameron is doing. Yeah. How is Madison doing? He, how he is Grant doing? How is Jackson? He knows yeah. he knows a, enough about my personal life and knows that most of my motivation comes from uh, my desire to provide for my family and my yeah. my immediate family. And if we're going to get me in the right mindset to go take on the world, let's remind me that I'm what I'm doing it for. Man, you know, Chris, what I love about what you just said is culture. Whether we're talking about work culture or family culture, wherever. It's built around behaviors, right? It's yes. not the core values that we wrote on a wall somewhere. Yeah, it's the behaviors behind those. So, you, your company said people is something that we really value. We value that's a core value of ours. But then you've built a, a, a tool. You have a tool mm-hmm. and behavior that you're doing as a company that's actually building that into your culture. Absolutely, and yeah. I, I appreciate you saying not just words on a wall because we talk about that a lot. Our culture is really, uh, for lack of better description, it's how we do things around here. And uh, we do have it written on the walls of every one of our offices. Uh, you know, I carry our culture around with me. I don't need it. I have it memorized at this point. But uh, we talk about it every every meeting we have. Uh, whenever we have a, a management meeting or a, a, an employee meeting, we start the meeting and talk about our culture and give examples about how the culture is alive and well in our in our neighborhood or in our in our division. And we'll ask employees to share experience they've had over the past month of, of uh, how they experienced the culture or how they promoted uh, the culture of our company. Wow. And I think it's a, uh, you know, a lot of companies, it's words on a wall yeah. or the very yeah. senior leadership may be talking about it. 
but our our goal and our quest is for everybody, uh, every employee, to really embrace the culture and and maybe as important, just understand the culture. Yeah. When we say we're people focused, well, what is what in, what in the world does that mean? Well, let me give you a few examples of how um, our company is people focused as it relates. And we tied, yeah. talked to the, about the goals earlier. Uh, there's other examples of things that we do that are very uh, very people focused as an organization. Probably one of the reasons that you guys have grown so much as a company, I, I would think that's one of them. Wasn't it Peter Drucker that like 40 or 50 years ago said, uh, culture each strategy every day of the week? Um, just meaning that a company culture is going to be more important than the company strategy, not, not discounting strategy being important, mm -hmm. but how you live out that strategy and fight for that strategy is, is, is going to come from your work culture. So I just find it fascinating. I've always been interested in culture, mm -hmm. but these two are tied. They're, they're not exclusive from each other. When we talk about goal setting and culture, mm -hmm. because you're describing your goal setting and the tools you, you all use at your company as part of your company culture partly because people are so important. So you're sitting down with each person every month and, and writing, right? You're writing down the goals. Yes, personally and, and professional. Yeah, personally and professional, which again, our audience is probably going, what? Mm -hmm. I can't imagine working for a place where they actually cared about what I was doing outside of my office hours. Yeah. And, that, and that's part of this. I can think about, you know, just the, the, the concept of goal setting there are, we have 13 culture bullet points at our company, and I can think of a few just off the top of my head that are the goal setting is supporting the culture. Uh, we have a culture of, of well, we'll go, to, we'll go to a culture of constant, never-ending improvement. That is one of our culture bullet points, constant, never-ending improvement that we're, we all, as a company and as individuals, are seeking to get better. Yeah. And goals are a great way to to Absolutely. measure that and to set your, I guess, set your compass in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, we're a systems-based company. Uh, part of the system is sitting down and having effective goal-setting sessions with your, with your supervisor uh, each month yeah. and then each year. We have a, you know, we have a, a culture bullet point item that if the employee fails, it's the manager's fault. Let wow. that sink in for a second. Hey, from your No Gray Areas team, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. And if you're loving this episode, would you just take a moment and leave us a review and rating on whatever platform you're listening from? If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on the new podcast episodes that drop every other Wednesday. By leaving a review and subscribing, you help others discover our podcast's inspirational messages to effectuate positive change in their lives. Okay, let's jump back in to this episode. If the employee fails, it's the manager's fault. Because how many times have you managed somebody or been involved with an employee that is not successful? And you say, oh, well, that was just a bad, you know, yeah. this person was bad never heart. cut out for this gig. Yeah. They were, they were, we made a bad decision. No, if we have an employee that's not performing, the first focus is on that supervisor, that manager, to what they're doing to help make that employee successful. Yeah. And let's let, hey, let's take a look at the goals that were set this last month. Yeah. Were they were they effective goals, um, or was it just a laundry list of tasks that you were asking the employee to take care of, or was it really what the employee wanted to accomplish? Wow. That's incredible. So so again, you have this tool that is is connected. You have thirteen um, different uh, parts of your culture, yeah, your core values, but this this is connected to quite a few of those. So let me walk through again to help our audience understand, because I would hope that some of our audience 
would start doing this practically for themselves. They may not have a manager at work that's going to do this with them, but they could do it. So you're sitting down every month, you're writing out your personal goals and, and your work goals. Yes. And you're, you're meeting with managers doing that, but they may have to do it on their own. But you're writing those down and then there's more to it than that though, right? There's some specific things, you're putting dates to it. Walk us through some of that. Yeah, we have a, we have a wonderful acronym uh, when you write a goal or set a goal that the goal needs to be SMART. Okay. And you hit the S and SMART as specific. Okay. So you need to apply this lens when you're writing a goal or a resolution. We call it a resolution down. Is it specific? Yeah. Is it measurable? Is it attainable? Is it realistic? And it has to be time sensitive or time bound. So when you if you set a if you set a goal, is it is it did you write a specific yeah. item so that you want to accomplish? I want to lose weight. I might say I want to yeah. lose three pounds this month. Correct. Yeah. I want to lose three pounds this okay. month, or I want to weigh um, yeah. 225 pounds or yeah. you set a specific goal, uh, do you have a way of measuring it? Because if you yeah. don't, you're not going to be able to yeah. either accomplish or not accomplish yeah. it. They'll be in a, you'll be in a gray area, pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it attainable? That was nice. You know, the, thank good. you. Yeah. Good. No, no problem. Is it attainable? I mean, yeah. really think, is this something that's attainable? Uh, let's not set goals that are so outrageous yeah. that uh, you're just setting yourself up for failure mm -hmm. or not being happy. Uh, is it realistic that this is something that you'll be able to commit to and, and, and achieve and then have it be time bound? Is this something you're going to get accomplished in a week, yeah. in a month, in a year? Are you going to do it by uh, Friday the, the yeah. 19th? Let's set a time. Let's make it time bound so you can know if you yeah. achieved it or not. So when you're walking through, like, let's say, again, I, I worked for you and we're doing our, our monthly goal setting mm -hmm. and <clears throat> I had a goal set. You, you would, if I didn't have some of those in place, you might say, so when do you want to have this done by? Exactly. Right? When, you, when are you going to be able to carve out time to work on that? What do you think is, what do you think is realistic here of accomplishing this month? And sometimes as we collaborate, there's a realization that, you know, I really don't have time this month to do it. I'm going to go ahead and remove it and make it a goal for next month or put it into my one-year goals of what I want to achieve. Or what's more exciting is when, uh, in this example, you might say, you know, I'm going to carve out a, a half a day on uh, next Thursday, and that's when I'm really going to focus on it. And then I'll give myself another day just to put the finishing touches on it. But we can expect to get that done by Friday versus yeah. just I'll get it done sometime this month. Much yeah. more powerful if we set some time parameters within the month yeah. than just say on January 31st, it's going to be checked off the list. I would suspect that very few people actually learn to do these things. So when you hire on a new employee, I bet there has to be an, an educating of this, right? That there's their first few goal sessions, they may not be doing this quite right, or you're just asking these questions to help them learn that. But what an amazing education. If if I came and I worked with you for a couple of years, I mm -hmm. would leave and it would almost be natural for me now to every month sit down and go, what do I want to accomplish this month? Yeah, it's when am I going to do that? It's extremely natural, and and you're right. I think it's a it's a foreign concept to a lot of people. And initially, with a new employee, we may we may the the I call it a blank canvas. Some occasionally employees will show up to a goal session with a blank canvas. They haven't they haven't written anything down. They're a little uncertain of what direction to head, and there may be a little paralysis or just a, a lack of understanding. And as a manager, and having done this now for as many years, and the training that I've received and the training our other managers have received, we can help people 
um, put some goals to paper, more probably business-related than than personal, but there's ways to get the personal conversation yeah. started as well of like, is there anywhere you want to go this year? Um, is there anything you want to uh, you want to obtain for your family? Yeah. Uh, is there any like important uh, time you're going to spend with with your 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 children or your significant other or your yeah. friends? And that gets the conversation started as far as just uh, uh, taking the first step in that goal setting yeah. journey. And then again, practically training them. What they, I mean, you guys wouldn't call it training, maybe, but but it's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Training them to figure out then how to to implement that and actually do that. Yes. So I, I want to do, I know culture, we keep bouncing back and forth, the importance of, of goals and culture, but they yes. go together. And again, you know, somebody listening may, may not be a, a manager at a company that can help change the culture of the company, but mm -hmm. they, they have a culture in their home. So I want to talk about the importance of culture here. I'm going to read you three quotes okay. that I just pulled up about culture and then just you speak into that. Do you yep. agree with it? Do you disagree? Okay. What are your thoughts? So here's one. Great culture keeps great people. Toxic culture expels great people. Hundred percent agree with that. Who said that? I don't even know. Socrates, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Gandhi. Yeah. yeah. You know, we talk about not every day at work is a great day. Uh, not every day in life is a great day. But mm -hmm. if you, if you're able to fall back on, in this case, the culture of mm -hmm. the organization, and know that um, we have a plan and we have a consistency about how we're going to approach things and how we're going to do things around here. I think that's an environment that is is uh, very conducive to retaining top talent. Not only recruiting top talent, but yeah. maybe even more importantly, retaining top talent. Because you can, when you're recruiting somebody, you can talk about culture, but it's difficult for somebody to really believe it or understand it until they're immersed in it. Man, and I, think I it's, so it's, agree what you're saying right there. In fact, me and a friend of mine were just talking recently. I'm 52, so I've lived you know quite a number of decades now. And, and I said, I wasn't until just recently where I think I really came to realize that a company, an organization, they can talk about culture, they can talk about leadership because they're, they've all, they've gone to the conferences and they read the books. They all know what to say. You really don't know what it's like until you get there and you work there for a while. Like you got to be there for months, maybe even a year or so before you really find out, is this really the culture, right? So yeah, yeah you're saying if retaining great people is going to be living out that culture. It is, and I think that's culture. why I think it's so critical is within the organization of of promoting the culture. You talked about earlier about the you know a growing organization and the you know the barriers to growth that it may not be the strategy, it may be more the culture. And we talk about that as an organization. You know, we're a home building company. We operate in 117 different neighborhoods across the across 21 states, mm -hmm. and it would be very easily for that culture to be diluted uh, from our corporate office out to those 117 different neighborhoods unless we continue to be ambassadors of the culture yeah. and continue to talk about the culture and make sure that our everybody understands the culture. Yeah. And you're right, it may, it may take more than a year. It may take more than a year to really appreciate um, how the culture is affecting uh, your day-to-day -day work life and your experience and how it affects the kind of the long-term experience you're going to have with the company. We could do a part two of this podcast sometime. Maybe I'll have to bring you back someday because I don't want to go down this rabbit trail, but you just touched on something that would be so interesting to talk about and your company had to go through this. 
you can have a culture, but then as you start growing, as you start getting more employees, as you start spreading into different locations, it's very difficult to keep that culture, right? Mm -hmm. And so somehow you've retained that. And I hear part of what you're saying is it's part of your conversations as a company, right? You're constantly yes. talking about culture yeah. in meetings. So that would be a fascinating conversation for another time. So second quote, culture is developed by what you stop, start, allow, and reinforce. Culture is what you stop, start, allow, and reinforce. It, culture is developed by what you stop, what you start, what you allow, and what you reinforce. I agree with that statement. I'm maybe not as passionate about the the prior the prior quote. Yeah, because I think I think it takes some time even before before those actions to really define what you want the company culture or the organization's culture to be. And I, I know that all those those four actions will have an impact ultimately on the culture of the organization, but you got to have a good defined core to begin with. It can't. I don't think culture just happens. My experience hasn't been the culture doesn't happen organically. It can, it can happen organically, and that can sometimes be very difficult to have that consistency that we just talked yeah, about. Yeah. So I think before. Th those will impact the culture certainly, but I think more critical would be the definition of the culture and establishing that culture for everybody to rally around. And then those come into play as far as how how deep you're into the culture and how much you're embracing it and how much you're modifying of the culture based on those actions. Yeah. You probably would key in then on that, that word developed is probably the most important one yes. there, right? Because that's what I hear you saying, that you're pausing on this one a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But I like your pause because I think you're saying that what you what you stop, start, allow, and reinforce. Well, how do you make that decision? What those things are? Yeah, that's coming from part. what you've developed back yes. here, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, how about this one? Culture comes from the top down. There's some truth to that. I think there's a lot of there are organizations that function that way. I don't think it's sustainable if it's exclusively the top down. Mm. Uh, we can you can talk about it from a leadership standpoint. You hear CEOs and coaches and and uh, um, religious leaders mm -hmm. actually bring bring you know talk about it. But unless it's percolated through the entire congregation or organization, uh, it's not going to be it's not going to be sustainable. Yeah. Uh, there's can only be so much of because I told you so or I told I do this because I told you so versus really having that belief and understanding I think it's incumbent on us to each understand the role that we play in the culture that we are part of it it's not just uh it's not just we're being told to do these things is that we have an obligation to to make decisions and to behave yeah. uh in in alignment with the the culture of the organization yeah once again I love your pause on Thanks. that one. I, I do love that because building a culture from the bottom up is really difficult, right? But what you're so, so someone would throw that quote out and say, well, culture comes from the top down. But what you're saying, if, if it just stays there though, mm -hmm. it's probably not going to infuse the organization. If it's always those, the, the, the executive team that's going, this is who we are, this is who we are, mm -hmm. but no one down here is actually behaving like this is who we are. That culture hasn't infused the organization. Is that what you're saying? That's that's my belief, and I also think. I mean, there's some on what what is very what is very true about that statement is that the top very top of the organization does have to buy in and believe in the culture, mm -hmm. and you can't. Uh, I think you you hit the nail on the head. Some there's some there are organizations where it 
starts at the bottom and, and works its way up. But if that senior leadership doesn't buy in and 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 agree with it, uh, there's going to be it's going to be in conflict. Decisions yeah. are being made in conflict, and and uh, ultimately it may not yeah. be sustainable, or um, more likely it'll just be inconsistent. Yeah, uh, you'll have inconsistency from from franchise to franchise, or from uh, school to school, or from in our case neighborhood to neighborhood. Yeah, there'll be that inconsistency if the top isn't isn't bought in. So again, going back to what our part two podcast could be someday yeah. is how do you infuse this down into an organization as it grows? But that's part of what you're talking about is it that there has to be a consistency in every level of the organization. Otherwise, as it grows and it starts to expand, there's no way you're going to retain that culture. Yeah, I think everybody will come up with their own um, kind of choose their own adventure of how it's being applied yeah. to their particular business. Those great books, by the way. Do you, do you remember the choose your own adventure books? Oh yes, sir. Yeah, yeah those absolutely. Were, I think we're, we're, there was a time period. There was like a yeah. 10 year time period where those, some yeah. of our listeners are probably going, what are you talking about? They were amazing. You'd get yeah. to the end of a chapter and it would say, if you want to take trail A, turn to page 86, if you yes. want to go, and and then it would change the story. Yeah. But what you're saying, you're leveraging that and, and you're saying that's what a company becomes if it's not infused, the culture isn't infused. If everybody's kind of choosing what culture they want. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And then you have some chaos. So did we miss anything? Is there anything else that you think you would add? Like imagine your our, our audience, again, they don't get to work at a place that you're part of, mm -hmm. but we're trying to help them understand the value of goal setting and maybe infusing in their life this, this monthly sitting down with themselves and writing things down. Is there anything we missed? Well, I think it just, there's, there's, there's so much to talk about with goals, but on the, just starting with the culture. I mean, any any organization we're part of, whether it's a business or a a team or a um, uh, any group that we're part of, there is a culture of some sort. And what what I think what I think is worth worth uh, exploring is what is what is that culture, and what do we want the culture to be? Uh, I've I've applied a lot of the concepts now that I've been exposed to being part of a company that is so embracing of the culture. I've been able to apply it in my personal life, apply it with my family. Uh, I'm very involved with youth sports. And and uh, I think about, man, we could have been champions if I had some of these concepts back when the kids were, you know, five, six, seven-year-olds when you can really influence yeah. their thinking. Yeah. But uh, but but culture plays such a huge role, not only in your professional life, but but personal as well. Yeah. And you talked about you know goals and you know even if you work for an organization that doesn't doesn't have this structure um, so to speak with where you are sitting down with your manager, there's nothing that prevents you personally from sitting down and and putting smart goals to paper of what you want to accomplish sure. personally and professionally. Uh, sure. I actually sit down. Well, last week I sat down with each of my four children, and my children wrote out their goals for. They don't do business and and personal goals. They do school or academic goals yeah. and personal goals. And we just do one-year goals and we do someday goals to see what kind of a bucket list shows up on a on a on a kid's uh, goal sheet. But it's been a it's been very powerful. We've been doing it with the kids for the last five years. Yeah. And uh, it's really neat to see their uh, what they hold important. Yeah. And be able to help them achieve those goals. Man, that's fascinating. What a tool you're mm -hmm. giving them. You know, they, there's probably something they're not going to learn in school, but even then helping them 
set goals, but then doing it with smart, right? So yes. can you can you unpack that acronym one more time for our audience? Yeah. Let me give them a second because yes. again, some of them are driving, and I'm telling them right now, pull over because you're <laughs> gonna want to write these down. Yeah. So there's an acronym. You talk about smart goals. Smart goals. Yeah. You want them to be specific. So usually writing it down is going to require you to be specific and use okay. use the example of a weight loss goal. Yeah. That I want to lose weight or I want to lose three pounds. I want to lose three pounds and be specific. Yeah. Uh, measurable. Can you can you measure it? Yeah. Uh, is it a attainable? Okay. So is it is it R realistic? Yeah. And then uh, the T would be for time sensitive or time bound. Yeah. So you're going to do it in a certain period. Like my goal is to lose three pounds. Yeah. Well, is it to lose it in the next twenty years, or is it to lose it in the next three weeks? Yeah. Uh, let's set a time time mark to it. Good. Man, Chris, I have so enjoyed our conversation, and I could spend a lot more time talking to you. I can tell, like, you even mentioned something just a few moments ago that I'm like, I could go down that tangent with you because you said so important for people to realize every workplace has a culture. Like, when we're talking about infusing culture, and get, there's a culture everywhere. Every family has a culture. It, it's, is it a healthy culture? Is it an unhealthy culture? Is the culture you want? Mm -hmm. you, you made that point. That would be a whole other conversation we could yeah. have. Well, I appreciate you so much being here. Thank I think you. it's a great way for our audience as we move into 2024 and people have some resolutions and and maybe some goals to, to really sit down. And I'm a person of faith. And I just think that God wired us to be big thinkers and dreamers. And I hear your someday goals. I'm going, how cool to sit down and go, hey, Maybe I'll do, maybe I'll attain this, maybe I won't, but these are some things I'd like to do with my life. Mm -hmm. What an amazing gift that would be. So I really hope our audience will take to heart some of the things that you shared, and I appreciate how practical it was. But one Thank fun you, thing we do um, is two truths and a lie, which is ironic because we call this no gray areas. So I'm going to ask you to lie to me. Yes. So give me three statements. Two of them are going to be true. One is going to be lie. It's a fun way for our audience to learn a little bit more about you. Okay. 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 Let's see how I do here. I'm going to yeah. give you my best poker face here. Okay. Uh, I have never had a speeding ticket. I have lived on three continents and I have broken my face. <laughs> Those are good. Thank you. And you have a good poker face. Thank you. You have a really good poker face. You don't even need sunglasses. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So you never had a speeding ticket, lived on three continents and you've broken your face. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the lie. I can't imagine that you've never had a speeding ticket because I've had a lot of them. Is that the lie? That is the lie. I got it? You got it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's, yeah. Those were good. Yeah. Those were really good. One speeding ticket in another country five years ago is all I've gotten. So you that that was almost the truth though. Yeah, you no domestic no from, domestic speeding tickets. That's but I got one in one overseas. Okay, so can I ask what continents you've lived on? Uh, I've lived in uh, lived in Europe, yeah, North America, yeah, and uh, Africa. Really, where in yes. Africa? I've been in Africa numerous times. I lived uh, I lived for a year in South Africa. Okay, okay. I've not been there. I've been in East Africa, mainly Uganda, Rwanda. So love okay. to go to South Africa someday. Were you there for a while? Uh, I did. I spent a whole year there. I worked in uh, construction of all things uh, coming out of college. So oh, you're great. Experience. So right out of college, you went to South Africa. Yes. I think it's one of the greatest educations we can have is to travel, right? Yes. And, and especially when we go to uh, a developing countries and uh, it changes the lens we look through the rest of our life in some way, doesn't it? Yes, like absolutely. You probably saw some really hard, hard things. Some very there. difficult things um, and just a completely 
different culture than yeah. than maybe what I'd grown up with and and realize there's just so much more out there. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you again for being here. Really, really enjoyed our conversation. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Wow. What a motivating episode that was with Chris Kelly. As you go through 2024, may the tools and insights shared today guide you by turning your aspirations into achievements. Hey, if you like this episode, would you leave us a five-star review? We'll see you next time. 